third down. Baker's got the snap. He's up in the pocket. He's looking left. Down the field. Firing. He's going for Landry. Down by the end zone. A tumbling catch for a touchdown. Swung on. Hit high. Hit deep to left. Away. Back. Hello everybody, my name is Brandon, I'm here with my co-host Mark, and we are the Cardi Akron Kids Cleveland Sports Podcast. We are from Akron, we are CLE sports fans till the end, and we are here to give you our thoughts on everything Cleveland sports, and we'll also discuss some of the hottest topics around the sports world. Without any further ado, let's get into it. Mark, how's it going? Dude, I'm pumped. That was a great intro. I brought the energy. Love it. Thank you. I tried. Um, I feel extremely awkward doing it, but it's going to happen. So, uh, gotta do what you gotta do. I'm pumped. First episode. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Um, we got a lot of, a lot of good topics, uh, coming. Um, obviously we're going to always be talking Browns. We're always gonna be talking Cavs, Indians, um, we're gonna just other, you know, talk some other stuff around the leagues. Uh, no, know. no Cleveland monsters. Uh, I don't know much about hockey. Yeah, uh, right. but if, if, if you want to do the research and you want to take lead, sure. Why they're not? Fun, they're fun games to go to. I'll, I'll put it at that. Yeah. Sure. I, uh, that, that's kind of how like the minor league things go. Uh, the minor league teams is they're not going to bring in that big crowd and like you know steady crowd so they got to make it a fun event to go to uh i internship for the akron rubber ducks Mm -hmm. and doing that that's that's what it was is they always had some kind of gimmicky thing to make it fun for the fans to go making an event because they're not charging you you know fifty dollars for the cheapest seat you know it's cheap it's cheap to get in you take the family it's just good family fun so I the one time I went to the Monsters game, uh, the couple a row behind us got engaged, and we were on the big screen. So that is my one big memory from uh, attending a Monsters game. And you're like, oh, that's cool and all, but let's get back to the game, right? Ex- yeah, right. I mean, hey, good for them. That's not where I proposed. <laughs> not where my wife would wanted me to propose. But yeah, hey, if they're happy, good for them. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna go ahead and start off today's episode with some Browns talk. Yep. See, being a Cleveland Brown is way more than just playing football. It's about being an elf. All right, we're going to start off the uh, Brown segment discussing some highway robbery. Uh, Saquon Barkley uh, took the Offensive Rookie of the Year award uh, over Baker Mayfield. All I have to say about that is Saquon only one because he be Russian. I think this is where we put the crickets in because nobody's laughing at the joke, right? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to... Honestly, like, I, I'm somewhat upset about it. Uh, I think he definitely deserved Rookie of the Year. Uh, I mean, you know, facts kind of speak for themselves. You know, set the touchdown record for rookie quarterbacks with 27 beating out Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Browns obviously were terrible before he came along. And, I mean, 17-1 is a huge victory in and of itself, especially, you know, having Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley and, you know, all the in-house uh, 
dysfunction. Yeah, he definitely overcame a lot. Um, my opinion is, I mean, I get I get both arguments to it. Um, I'm extremely biased, obviously, being a big Browns fan and yep. I've been a Baker fan since he planted the flag in Ohio State, and I was just kind of like, "Who the hell is this guy? He's got some he's got some cojones on him." I I was not a fan of that. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but after that happened, I looked into him more and definitely became a fan. So. Yeah, that put him on the map for me as a draft prospect for sure. Yeah, you, you can't deny it. Baker had an extremely, extremely strong case, but you know, so did Saquon. He had a really good year. Um, it just you know, some people don't look at aspects of it. It's kind of like for me, like the MVP. Every year, LeBron James has the biggest impact on his team. Sure. Like he, right. if if you take him off the team, there's there's no other team that's gonna, you know, change so much without that player on their team, and that's similar to how I think this offensive rookie of the year went. You know, Saquon put up you know good numbers, you know, steady through, but if you take Baker Mayfield off of the Browns and then compare how that would have looked to how. They ended up when he took over and the impact yeah. that he had on the team. I think that's kind of a, an element that doesn't get as strong of consideration going into these awards. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it's pretty much widely known out there. You know, the running back position is not the same as it was, you know, 15, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can, I mean, for example, Philip Lindsay out in Denver, undrafted free agent. He had a great year. You know, I mean, he might not last durability-wise, but, you know, Barkley gets hit almost every play. So oh, what makes you think that, you know, he's going to be able to last? But, uh, you know, I I think that the fact that Baker lost just continues to add that chip to his shoulder. Oh, know? absolutely. And that's, that's what really excites me is how he's going to take this into next year. Um, and another thing, like you were comparing, you know, looking at Philip Lindsay, like he had mm-hmm. a great year too. Another one for me is imagine what Nick Chubb would have done if he started in the beginning of the season. Right. Exactly. If you look at the numbers, uh, from when he took over as a starter after trading Carlos Hyde, he was better than Saquon Bar- Barkley in a lot of aspects. I think if he started from the beginning of the season, he would have better rushing numbers, um, he might not have the receiving yards because sure. uh, the Browns have a separate back for that, being Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, Saquon was kind of like, he can do all of that. He can catch and run. And, I mean, Eli Manning kind of sucks, so he can't throw the ball downfield anyway. So he had to dump it off to Saquon a lot. So he got a lot of receptions and a lot of receiving yards because of that. But I think as a pure running back, Nick Chubb would have had just as good, if not a better year, if he started from day one. You know what my favorite argument that they say for Saquon is? Is, uh, you know, uh, he breaks all these tackles, he does this. Mm-hmm. Well, one, Nick Chubb, per rush, broke more tackles than Barkley. I mean, yeah. that's just a fact. And, you know, the, the second thing is, you know, mm-hmm. Barkley's offensive line was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, New York cannot block to save their lives. Right. So, I mean, he's getting hit in the backfield almost every play or, mm-hmm. you know, every other play. So, you know, he's going to have to break tackles. Right. Uh, but 
but on the other side of that, that's what makes the season even more impressive. He had a terrible offensive line. He was getting hit in the backfield, and he did put up great numbers. You know, Barkley's a great player. I, I don't want to take that away from him. But just if you're talking rookie of the year, just based on, you know, what Baker had done, it's got to be Baker. Yeah, I agree. Um, but can't change it now. It's over with. Adds and... fuel to the fire, just like we were saying, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's the one guy you probably don't want to give an extra chip on his shoulder to, and mm-hmm. they did it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, talking about young players, uh, it's time to get into some draft talk. Sure. I love it. All right, so this segment, uh, we're going to talk about some upcoming uh, prospects in the draft. Uh, We're each going to uh, cover one. Uh, So Mark's going to get us started. Yeah, so today I'm going to be talking about uh, Andy Isabella. Uh, He's a pretty known uh, wide-receiving prospect, uh, especially, you know, he's from Mayfield, Ohio. Okay. Uh, They list him as a 5'10", 190 receiver. uh, I would expect him to measure in about five eight or five nine, and probably about a, around a buck eighty or so when the combine rolls around. Uh, you know, most people around here know him as uh, beating Denzel Ward in the one hundred meter dash in high school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously we know what or how fast Denzel Ward is. Mm-hmm. Isabel's is faster. Uh, now, I I read that somewhere that he had actually gained about ten to fifteen pounds after high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are a little concerned that, you know, he's not going to run that fast on the combine, but you know, yeah, yeah. Think of it two different ways. Number one, he's added man muscle. She'd be like, Oh, me so horny. Me love you long time. He's now, you know, 22, I believe he, he, he's just going to be just as fast. And he's, he's the guy, I think I read a story or heard something about John Dorsey, um, going to like one of the games to mm-hmm. scout him. I'm sure he has. I mean, yeah. Dorsey's the the scouting GM. Yeah, he he loves going to watch games in person. Mm-hmm. He loves the scouting aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I mean, this guy definitely seems like a Dorsey type of player. Yeah, because especially like when I saw that floating around, it that's a lot of the comparisons were like, okay, this guy's might be the next Tyreek Hill. He's a small, super fast guy, right? Like, yeah, and I I have my own comparison to him, which I'll I'll get to in a little bit. Okay, uh, but. One, one thing that stood out to me f- from the Senior Bowl was he said that he's been training with Randy Moss, which mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. personally, I think Randy Moss is the greatest of all time at receiver. Oh, yeah. Obviously, a lot of people make that case with Jerry Rice. Personally, I think Randy Moss. Uh, so, you know, learning from the greatest of all time definitely is not going to hurt his status. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's at the Senior Bowl, he said, I'm going to run a – he said he ran a four two six while training – with Rainy Moss down in Florida. So even if he's a little bit off, he runs a four three, you know? I mean that's just yeah. that's hey, fast. I, I play a lot of Madden, okay? And when I scout somebody who runs a four two six, they're usually like a ninety eight speed, so I would be totally okay with that. Right, and that's that's <laughs> definitely where the the Tyreek Hill comparisons sure. come in. Sure. Uh and you know, he also won the M V P for the North team at the senior bowl. And like what uh does he have any like uh, projections, like where he's projected to go? Like what rounds is he going to be yeah. an early guy, or is he going to be like mid round? So the the combine definitely plays a big factor in all this. Sure, sure. Uh, he could weigh bigger than we think. He's taller than we think. You know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it depends on how he tests. I, I right now, he is my favorite receiving prospect. Mm-hmm. And it's him and Hakeem Butler, who I mm-hmm. played on uh, going over in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think... He, Due to his size, he'll go um, in probably the second or the third round. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the combine can have a big effect on it. Uh, who's that? The the fast receiver on was it the Bengals? He's distracted. John Ross. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know that's kind of like what I heard a lot of is that once he ran as fast as he did as a combine, he really made a jump, and, right? Uh, and ended up going first round, right? Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I, I, funny story about. Uh, John Ross. John Ross. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Mm-hmm. So he actually set the record for the forty time at the combine, and the deal that they have going on at the combine is if you wear, I believe it's if you wear Nike shoes and you set the record, mm-hmm. you get your own island. They literally have an island bot for you. Okay. Uh, he was wearing Adidas shoes oh. so oh he man does not get that island so adidas can't like get him anything like they don't have yeah have I, their own I, thing, I might like... be mixing up nike and adidas but I, I believe that's how it goes but yeah that is unfortunate for us but you know wow uh <laughs> but going back to isabel one thing i really like about him compared to like a john ross is mm-hmm. for three straight years isabel improved greatly okay so as a sophomore in 2016, he had 62 catches, 801 yards, mm-hmm. and seven touchdowns. Okay. It's a very good year on itself. Oh, yeah. The following year, as a junior, he had 65 catches for a little over 1,000 yards, 1,020 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Last year, though, he had 102 catches, 1,698 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Oof. And, yeah, a lot of people are going to say, you know what? He played at the University of Massachusetts. Yeah, that is a, a small school. school. Yeah. They played garbage teams. Mm-hmm. That's where you're wrong. I okay. looked at his his senior year. Here's some numbers that he put up. So against Georgia, who has mm-hmm. a cornerback named DeAndre Baker, who might end up going in the first round this year, mm-hmm. he put up 15 catches, 219 yards, and two touchdowns. Wow. All right. Okay. You know. Hey, it's Sorry. a one game fluke. Yeah. Eh. University of South Florida. 13 catches, a buck 91 in a touchdown. It's pretty solid. Yeah. What about what, what if we uh, went up in against some action action against Ohio University? 12 catches, a buck 98, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, one of his worst games on the year, Boston College, five catches for 96 yards. It's not a terrible game. No, that's, that's you know? definitely a solid game. Yeah. And I mean, that's against some big time <laughs> D1 competition. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, a lot of things I like about him. He's a pretty good route runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes he takes a little bit of time to get out of, of his breaks and whatnot, but mm-hmm. he's quick and he has a real nice twitch. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be able to, uh, create some separation. Uh, he's got very good hands. Mm-hmm. He catches a lot of things, you know, in his range. His run after catch ability is unbelievable. Sure. He's fast as hell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get the he's ball in his got, hands and got that breakaway speed. If he's got a step, he's exactly uh, COD skills, which is change of direction, mm-hmm. is Tyreek Hill esque. I mean, yeah. he can change on a dime. You know, he can just flat out run. Sounds like one of one one of the greats I know, Andrew Hawkins. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shout out the uh, Tomahawk podcast. Right, one of, my, one of my favorite to listen to. 
And, you know, Isabella, he's tough, and he's got a very smart football IQ. Yeah. yeah he, he's never in trouble, very smart. Uh, I mean, just watch him play. Look up his highlights. You know, sure. He, you can tell. He tries to block people. He tries to run people over, which, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to win a whole lot of battles like that. But mm-hmm. you know what? Shows his toughness. Sure. Uh, and who was your uh, comparison for him? So my comparison for him is actually uh, Ty T.Y. Hilton from oh, the yeah. Colts. Yeah, he's a smaller guy. Okay. He's got he's fast. Uh, one thing I know Isabella is going to probably struggle with is definitely uh, man man press. Okay. So when you're in man and they're up on the line with you, he's not strong. That's not going to be his you know sure his go to uh, blocking. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's not going to set a great block. Like, he, Landry is a great blocker. He's yeah. not going to be Landry in right. blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and catching in traffic, I think, you know, it, it's going to be a little tough for him. He's a smaller guy. Although he has good hands, is he going to be able to out-muscle a 6'1", you know, 200-pound cornerback? Or sure. go over the middle and try and catch one through a linebacker? It's going to be tough. It's going to yeah. be tough. But I, I really think that he... he this is this is a semi hot take. I really think if he adds some weight, kind of grows as a receiver, he might end up being uh, Antonio Brown light. Okay, which is kind of how I thought. Uh, well, Callaway is more of a burner, but and he's a little I was, bigger. I was I was, was kind of hope- yeah. yeah, and he's a little bit bigger, so I was kind of hoping we already had something like that. But that that's to come. Um, now for mine, mm-hmm. um, we're going to go to the other side of the ball and we're going to kind of put me to shame here because I do not have near as much information as you, uh, presented with him, That's but, okay. um, I'm going with the linebacker position. Um, let me just start out by saying during next season, I might be saying, I wish the Browns jo- drafted <laughs> Josh Allen, but not the Kaiser clone. Josh Allen. I'm talking about the uh, linebacker from Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Absolute monster. One of my favorite things, uh, my favorite kinds of linebackers are the pass rushers. Um, and, you know, this guy, one of his comparisons is to uh, like like a Von Miller type. Sure. And phew, I would love that. Um, I don't know if we're going to have a chance to draft him, obviously. He's, he's definitely one of the higher prospects. Yeah. Um, the Browns being better this year. You know, not picking until 17, so he might not even make it there. But if he did, I would love for us to have a chance to pick him up. We would—I I definitely think we would move him to a uh, defensive end. Maybe uh, tell mm-hmm. Ogba to beef up, or you know, Ogba could be a great rotational piece as well. Yeah, and and that's that's another thing is I we already have that pass rushing kind of linebacker guy. I really, really like Jannard Avery. Um, mm-hmm. He only yep. played a limited role uh, this season, but I think if that role gets expanded, he could be a real impact player for us. And, I mean, that was a great pickup in, what, the fifth round? Yep, yep. So we kind of already have that. Um, Especially, you know, there's been rumors circulating that Jamie Collins might be a candidate to be cut. Yeah, and I, I'm okay with that. Or even if he's just like a one of the backup linebackers, he he's he's on his on his way out in the league. It's kind of like one of those situations, like cut him. You know, you want to cut him a year too early instead of a year too late, or get sure. you know get rid of him. He's owed a lot of money. Not that money's an issue with the Browns, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, if he's not 
playing up to the status of his contract, then I think it'd mm-hmm. be smart to move on. And like I was saying, with, with us having Jannard Avery, um, I don't think uh, rushing, like the QB rushing uh, linebacker is a bare need. Um, I really wish we could get more of like a Jalen Smith. Uh, what the What's the linebacker from the Colts? Uh, uh, you got Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. Yep. I wish there was, you know, we could get a type like that. Somebody who's going to stand out running sideline to sideline. He's just everywhere. You see him everywhere making plays. Like, I would really love to have somebody like that. Uh, if there's someone coming out in this draft like that, you know, I'd like for them to look that direction as well. Yeah, but definitely. if not, um, if if he's still there, I would really like, you know, to see Josh Allen come in and be somebody who's also, you know, rushing the other side when we got Miles Garrett on the right side. You throw him and Denard right. Avery is you know, another guy you can have rushing. We, we really need to have that attack, especially now that we got, you know, one solid cornerback. So that backfield is, or, you know, the defensive backs are going to give – you know, the the rushers an extra second or two here and there to get back to the quarterback and I think that's something that the Browns are need to do and they can thrive off of is attacking and pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for that linebacker position, keep an eye on Devin White. Uh he's definitely okay. a prospect that either you or I are going to uh do some research on and talk about eventually. Sure. Um, another thing to keep in mind is Steve Wilkes, the new defensive coordinator we hired, is uh, mm-hmm. very aggressive. Very Good. aggressive. He likes the blitz. Uh, I think Avery's role is definitely going to expand under Wilkes. Okay. Uh, you know, and nowadays, you know, the 4-3 versus the 3-4 concepts, that it's pretty outdated. Yeah. A lot of people, no matter what their base formation is, mm-hmm. they're going to run a lot. Yeah. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, the Browns' main... Uh, defense last year was, I believe, a four two, uh, four two five. Mm-hmm. So you know, five defensive backs on the field, mm-hmm. pretty pretty commonplace now in the NFL, especially yeah. with the new passing rules and things like that. Yeah, I, I like when we just kind of we run a lot more man to man. We trust those those cornerbacks to, to stay glued to their guys instead of letting big holes open up with the zone defense and sure. that allows, you know, you to have extra guys, you know, or trusting the guys rushing to make it make it tougher. Um and yeah, I hope Steve Wilkes is aggressive. That was definitely one of my favorite traits uh with Greg Williams is he was just he was ready to send it at all times and that won us I mean it, it might have cost us some games but it you know won us a big game too. Right. Um and, yeah, Brandon, speaking of football, who do you got winning the Super Bowl tonight? Oh, um I man, I can't I can't go against the GOAT. I I just can't do it. Um You got a score? No, but I'll come up with one. Uh let's say I'm gonna say it's gonna be like a thirty five to let's see twenty thirty one. Thirty five, thirty one. Thirty five, thirty one, I think uh the Rams are gonna have a chance uh, to go down and score maybe at the end of the game, or <laughs> flip it completely, the uh, the Patriots are going to be down and Tom Brady's going to have one of his signature game winning drives okay. like he just does time and time and again. the uh, the one thing The one thing I really don't want to see is the game be ruined by penalties. I don't want there yeah. to be that one penalty that everyone's going to be like, oh man, the Patriots were so robbed or the the Rams were so robbed. I just I just want to right. one Stay one away from that. important game that isn't you know questioned by penalty. Sure. 
Well, you say you can't go against the GOAT, but I can. I'm going to go with the Rams beating the Patriots by a final score of 38-35. to 35. Okay. Uh, I think the Rams, you know, really need to just try and stay ahead of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gurley definitely needs to have a bounce-back game. Uh, I know C.J. Anderson has been playing pretty well for them, all things considered, but Mm -hmm. Gurley makes that offense go. Right. Uh, Put Goff in, you know, good play-action situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Patriots really need to focus in on Aaron Donald on that defensive side of the ball. Oh, absolutely. You know, double-team, just get him out of the way. Uh, Yeah. I've always I've been wrong before against the Patriots. I've mm-hmm. thought for years, like a lot of people, that they're done, and they just continue to show up. But we'll we'll see. I, I got the Rams winning, but you know the Patriots are the game. They're they're the Undertaker. Like they yeah, just, right. They just, just anytime you think they're down, they just kind of like you hear rise the up. the Undertaker chime. And yeah, they they rise up from the casket. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm rooting for a good game, and like you said. No penalties, please. Yeah. NFL, please, no penalties. Exactly. And we know this is going to come out till after, so this is more so just for bragging rights if either of us are right. All right, now it's time to talk a little bit of Indians. Uh, we don't have too much for you, but let's get it started. Mark, what do you got? Yes, I just figured we, uh, you know, talk a little bit about a couple of the additions and subtractions from the team uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the offseason. And then I'd like to break down one of the prospects we did bring in, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Ah. Let's get into uh, some of the, uh, what, trades or acquisitions? What do we got? Sure. Yeah, so uh, let me start off with, uh, I'll start off with the free agents that we brought in. Uh, I'm not going to go over everybody because a lot of you know, minor league prospects and things like that mm-hmm. you know, came in. But uh, some of the names you either might have heard of or could be key acquisitions. Uh, uh, from free agency, we have pitcher James Hoyt, mm-hmm. outfielder Trace Thompson, mm-hmm. and pitcher Justin Grimm. Okay. And we are also bringing back Oliver Perez as a free agent who he had a great year last year. So yeah. uh, if you mm-hmm. can keep it alive, you know we would definitely definitely need it with our bullpen situation at the moment. Uh, via trade acquisition, we uh, received first baseman slash left fielder Jake Bowers. Okay. Uh, we received Andrew Monasterio, which is a shortstop. He was the na- uh, player to be named later from the Jan Gomes trade. Mm-hmm. We also acquired in that trade pitcher Jeffrey Rodriguez, as well as outfielder Daniel Johnson. Mm-hmm. And we also just made a uh, trade with the Mets a week or two ago for catcher Kevin Plawecki. And we also actually re-signed him to an extension. I believe it was about a one-year, $1.5 million extension. Okay. And uh, a while back we brought... Uh was the trade for Santana, Carlos Santana yeah, brought him yeah. back. Yeah, we are also yep, uh, welcome home Carlos Santana. I have admittedly not been the biggest fan of Carlos, uh but you know what? It it's nice to see a familiar face. Yeah, and who do who who'd we send over yeah, there? Was so that I'll, Yandy Diaz? Yeah, or? so I'll get into that here in a, just a second. Okay, yeah, um, um yeah, and on Santana, um it's okay. Um on the human level, 
Um, I like it. I like Santana as a person. I like him being, I like the just idea of him being back in Cleveland. That's real cool and all. Yeah. Um, as a pure, like baseball trying to win move, it's meh, you know, it's, it's no, no blockbuster. You, you know, we didn't necessarily make a move to get better. Um, it's kind of, I'm going to say at best, it's just kind of staying the same kind of like a, a swap. Um, yeah, I, I have my own thoughts on it. I I really think the lack of power now in our lineup is big. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Frankie, as well as Jose, really stepped up their power numbers. But at the same time, I really feel uncomfortable with them being my two biggest home run hitters. Mm-hmm. I think Edwin really gave us a very, very, very reliable threat mm-hmm. uh, as a home run hitter. But... You know, and the Dolans and the Indians have always been known to kind of cut payroll and, you know, really keep the cap management under. Yeah. under mm-hmm. so um, Really cheaping out. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so here are a few free agents we lost in okay. the offseason. Uh, Lonnie Chisholm went to the Pirates. Oh, Lonnie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Miller is gone. He is uh, yep. with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Cody Allen went to the Angels. And I... I Quickly on Cody Allen, I, I know he got a lot of criticism, especially the last year or two with yeah. the Indians, but you yeah. know what? He's the all-time leading save, uh, saver for the Indians. Yeah. He has the most um, saves in history. I didn't even actually realize he uh, he ended up leaving. That was, kind of, that was like both our, both our main closers between him and... Andrew right. Miller and Cody Allen, so yep. that that could be you know that could leave a hole. Yeah, at we the back we of do the, have uh, we have Brad Hand that we traded for last year, mm-hmm. who was pretty pretty solid overall. Uh, Andrew Simber as well came over in that trade for mm-hmm. Francisco Mejia. Um, so those two guys are going to have to really step up. Yeah, uh, something I wanted to bring up uh, talking about pitchers is uh, there's been talks uh, all off season going back and about you know is it Kluber going to be traded or is Bauer going to be traded? It seemed almost like a foregone conclusion that one of those guys is going to go. Um, As of right now, you know, we still have them and I'm okay with it. Um, I, I, I like having that, that firepower um, as, and as far as starting pitchers go, but at the same time, I wouldn't absolutely hate if we had move one of them to get a guy who's going to make, you know, an immediate impact in our, you know, in the hitting lineup. Um, I just, we could use the extra boost. Um, we could use another, you know, real impact player. And if the cost of that is for, you know, is Kluber or Bauer, I'd be okay with it. I'd rationalize with it. I just don't want to see them go for some, you know, like a, a slew of prospects. Like we, if one of them go, I think it needs to be for somebody who's going to, going to come in and help right now yeah and i I was on the bandwagon of trading kluber Mm -hmm. uh there was a couple rumors i i had heard uh one being when the dodgers still had yasiel puig Mm -hmm. uh i i think puig would have been a great right fielder for us especially with the lack of depth and just you know pure experience at outfield Mm -hmm. Uh, another rumor that i had heard is we were talking to the reds for a prospect named nick senzel Mm -hmm. he's a center fielder i think he would have been a great addition but i mean listen to these other four free agents we lost over the offseason former 2015 mvp josh donaldson 
2016 hero outfielder Rajay Davis. Uh, Mr. Cleveland Indians himself, pretty much, Michael Brantley. And yeah, I'm Dr. Gonna, Smooth. Yeah, Dr. Smooth. And I'm going to get hit with a baseball <clears throat> Brandon Geyer. You know, those are four names that, whether you like them or not, they were pretty much a stable in the lineup the last few years. And mm-hmm. that it, it's going to be really tough. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about, you know, people that we've traded away. Uh, you know, there's a prospect named Julian Merriweather uh, that we mm-hmm. had traded him. The obvious ones for Carlos Santana, we got rid of Edwin and Yandy Diaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard, had already mentioned Jan Gomes being traded away, and uh, you know we traded Yonder Alonso. That's a lot of uh, a lot of guys in our lineup that we had last year. Yeah, that's that's kind of scary if you when you look at all the players like that had played significant roles in the yeah. last couple of years. The years, you know, that window is usually narrow especially for a team like the indians who aren't going to have that big market who aren't the guys you know paying players tons of money like the yankees when we get opportunities to be you know steadily in the playoffs for you know back-to-back years that that window is only open for a short period of time and it's closing and it's it's especially even more so when you see all the players that we're letting walk and the talent that we're bringing in to, you know, replace and fill those holes. It's, it's almost like it's, it's time to give up, you know, obviously where we're at in the division, it's still a pretty easy ride to the playoffs, Yeah, but we're not, yeah, but we're not doing anything to really give us a shot in the playoffs. And that that's kind of troubling. Yeah, and I, I hated the trade for Santana, but I think the one that's going to really hurt us the most is going to be the Jan Gomes trade. I, you know, I know you know his contract coming up. Yeah, it looks like he's going to make seven million this upcoming year, nine million, and then uh, mm. eleven million the year after that. But you know, he was a great defensive player, and he really came on last year with the offensive side. And you know, we have Roberto Perez, we have. Uh, prospect right now named eric haas who Mm -hmm. i know they do like and that was a big reason why they traded away francisco mejia and you know we brought in kevin uh Mm -hmm. but you know none of those guys are going to be jan gomes yeah funny story about uh eric haas i again like i said i uh did an internship with the rubber ducks and the the guy i did an internship with uh there he was kind of like my boss there, and you know, I actually used to work with him at the company I'm at now. Okay. And uh, he, every time his picture would come up on the video board, it looked exactly like uh, my buddy uh, Scott Scott Watkins. Okay. Yeah. So every time Eric Haas's picture came up on the board, I swear to God, he looked exactly like Scott. He had the same like facial hair, yeah. the same like look in the face, and you'd wear a hat, and Scott like always wore a hat so every time that picture came up i'm like hey scott what what, what are you doing out there man why don't you go down there and uh uh, hop in the game i think eric haas might be a bit bigger than scott is a little Uh, a a little little bit bit. yeah it's a pretty small guy but yeah it's funny but yeah it always made me laugh when i would see him come up there yeah so i i transitioning forward uh i'm I'm gonna talk about one of the prospects we did bring in uh it's a guy named jake bowers Mm -hmm. uh for those of you who don't know uh, he's a 23-year-old, uh, was drafted in the seventh round in the 2013 MLB draft. He's about 6'1", plays around 195 pounds. He throws and bats left-handed. 
couple things I like about Bowers is, number one, we have him under control for six more years, and that's the Indians to a T. Mm -hmm. Uh, A young guy, very friendly contract, have him for control for a while. Mm -hmm. He can't be a free agent until the 2025 season. So that gives us, you know, a lot of time to evaluate and see how he is. Yeah. Uh, for being 195 pounds, he had su- surprising power last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played with Tampa Bay last year and put up pretty good numbers uh, in the power department. Okay. Uh, he did not hit very well for average. He only hit, I believe it was 201. Uh, he had 11 home runs, though, and uh, he also had 48 RBIs. Which... Yeah, was, I was kind of looking through, uh, through his stats mm-hmm. the other night because uh, I know you were talking about him. I don't know. You know, 300 is a good batting average. Only really good players get it. But, you know, his whole his entire time in the minors, he, he didn't reach that mark once. I think one time he got up to, like, 292. And that was sure. one thing that kind of I noticed. And I was like, well, you know, you think if you're, if you're going to be really come out and be an impact player, you're going to be one of those guys who kind of stands out, you know, in the minors right. and puts up better numbers against those. So that was a little bit troubling. But, I mean, there's also a lot of, a lot of good that comes with him. Yeah, as right. Well. And I know one thing uh, when he was drafted, there was a lot of questions about his uh, base stealing ability, mm-hmm. and he's really improved on that a lot. Uh, I believe last year with Tampa, he only had six stolen bases, but okay. if you look at his uh, stats in the minors, mm-hmm. he's improved a lot. I believe he had 20 the year before, uh, and this year, I believe, let me take a look here, uh, he's projected only six, but that's over a full course of a year so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see uh you know another thing i really like about him is he can play multiple positions mm-hmm. you know I, he played in left field right field and in first base uh with the tampa organization so yeah and that's that's good because the indians like to move guys around especially right now we pretty much do not have a dh so, mm-hmm. I mean, if Santana ends up DHing, you know, Bowers can play at first. Or if Santana's at first, Bowers can play in left or right. Yeah. So, he, you know, he's versatile, which is very nice and definitely something we need. Yeah. Uh, a couple of comparisons I saw was to Adam Lind. And actually, I saw a comparison to Yonder Alonso as well, which we obviously just traded. So Over, over Yondo. Yeah. Or over Yonder. Congratulations on your epic tale! <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean... He seen he was always a pretty highly rated prospect. I believe he got up to number three in the Tampa organization. Okay, uh, you know, follow him on Twitter. He actually seems like a pretty good guy. You know, pretty relaxed. I and mean, he's a twenty three year old kid. Sure. Uh, but he, I definitely think you know, with him coming up into the organization, we really need him to step up. Um, yeah, that that'd be uh be great, especially with. Uh, him being one of the the higher prospects that we're bringing in, trying to fill the whole of the yeah. group of guys that we ended up letting walk. Exactly. And for those of you that aren't aware, just to give you a little update for the Indians, they're going to head into spring training. Uh, pitchers and catchers are reporting on the 12th of this month, uh, with the first workout being on the 14th. Uh, the position players will come in two days later on the 16th, and then they'll have their full workout on the 18th. All right, can't wait to get that going. Right. Cleveland! It's time to get out of your seat. Let's take the starting lineup for your world champion, Cleveland Cavaliers! Now it's time to get into some Cavs talk, uh, and then we're going to start it out with some breaking news. Breaking news. 
Yeah, so uh, Adrian Wojnarowski about half an hour ago just tweeted out that uh, the Cavs have traded Rodney Hood to the Portland Trailblazers. The Cavs in return will be getting Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin, and second round draft picks in the 2021 and 2023 draft. All right. So I I like this trade. Uh, I really do. Uh, You know, Hood's a good player. He Mm -hmm. was a great risk, I think, last year when we were chasing uh, in the championship. Mm Mm-hmm. He he didn't fit into the future, however. He just he never seemed to really click here. Like he he seemed to kind of have a good thing going when he was in Utah with the Jazz, but when he came to Cleveland, it just he it, it was like he was so out of place or something. I I don't know exactly what it was, but he just he wasn't the same player he was in Utah. He wasn't the guy we thought we were getting when we made that deal. Yeah, and not a lot of people. Uh can fit in with LeBron in terms of a playing style as well mm. as personality. Uh, as much as, you know, LeBron's a hero around here, that's just kind of a fact. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he felt uncomfortable here, and once LeBron left, I, I don't think he found his groove, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think going into this season, um, it's something we just, it, we could have, you know, you could see coming. Um, you just... You really didn't get the feel like he was one of the pieces going into the future. Um, it seems like um, the Cavs, it's time for them to go into sell mode. It's time for them to start um, getting rid of some of the younger, you know, somewhat decent pieces to get some value back, um, start picking up some salaries that are maybe, you know, year or two that you know teams want to dump and give you some draft picks for yeah uh they should have been in sell mode from game number what four or five when love went out with his injury yeah but yeah, yeah definitely and you know the guys they got back in you know nick stauskas is a younger guy who uh from that team up north mm-hmm. uh very good three-point shooter uh i don't believe he's played any defense in his nba career yet <laughs> uh and, you know, Wade Baldwin, he's only played in 16 games this year, mm-hmm. only averaged about six minutes. Uh, he is a shooting guard from Vanderbilt. You know, that that's the type of trade the Cavs need is to mm-hmm. keep stock, stockpiling draft picks, take, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some risk on some younger guys, mm-hmm. and, you know, hey, see if something sticks to the wall. It's it's time to go back on that run where, well, he had, like, three first round picks or three first overall picks and right. a four year span and just try not to royally mess it up this time. Right. Well, I, I have a nice little hot take for the uh, NBA draft coming up here. So I, I won't, I won't spoil it or anything, but it's a pretty big is, hot take. Is, is that your official hot take for the day or for the, for we'll, the episode? We'll, we'll wait for it. We'll wait for it. I, I got a pretty big one lined up here, so we'll see. All right. Um, we also want to give a shout out to, the beloved Jetty Osman. Yes. Uh, he is going to be playing for who? He, he's going to play for the world team coming up here uh, okay. versus Team USA. Right. Uh, if you don't know much about it, uh, it's for players that are in their first or second year in the okay. league. Um, it started in 1994. Uh, Chetty is actually the 19th Cavalier to be participating in the game. Uh, the okay. first since Matthew Delvadova back in 2015. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I mean, 
he, he's had a pretty good year, uh, averaging about 12 or 13 points a game, mm-hmm. uh, a shade under five rebounds. Uh, unfortunately, last night we lost to Dallas 111-89, to and Shetty only played 14 minutes uh, and had to sit out the rest of the game with an ankle injury. Uh, he yeah. had 10 points up until that point, so he was still hot. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he'll be able to uh, recover quickly and... You know, if it means sitting out the world game, world versus USA game, so be it. Mm-hmm. You know, get him healthy because, yeah, I think he could be a nice little role player for this team. Maybe not the superstar and, you know, maybe not even a number two or number three option, but I definitely think he has a role with this team uh, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we wish him a quick healing process. And, yeah, definitely, definitely coming into the season after losing LeBron and people kind of threw their, threw their bags in Chetty's court and – kind of we're overhyping him i think we're getting excited bit. we're sure, like all right sure. you know he, he's got a funny name he, he's he seems like a really good guy so yeah we we're kind of really excited for him he's been okay but he hasn't been anything uh spectacular but he's still young and he's got a lot of time um next i wanted to throw in i don't know if you'd call it a conspiracy theory or whatnot but i'm gonna tell everybody the reason i think kevin love absolutely got the shaft say what and i'm gonna make an analogy when lebron came back um and then they he kind of pushed for kevin love Mm -hmm. to come to the Cavs. looking back at it now it makes me think of the situation where you got a, a group of friends, high school kids, whatever, and a new kid comes along, and they're like, "All right, you know, we're gonna bring this kid into the group. We're gonna hang out with him. You know, give him give him some buddies." But after they hang out with him for a little while, they're like, uh, "This kid's kind of weird. We don't really like him that much." Um, so the other kids they kind of start like shying away from them they don't want to be rude so when he calls up and they're like hey guys you got you want you guys want to hang out everyone else is like no man they're making up excuses why they don't really want to hang out and blah 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 and then they call each other up behind you know behind his back and they're like yo let's link up like that's kind of what i see happening you know and what happened with the whole kevin love situation is Kyrie had his excuses and he's gone and LeBron James and you know had his excuses and now he's out and now there's you know there's talks of Kyrie going and joining LeBron for, on the Lakers and then Kevin Love is just hanging back on the Cavaliers like hey guys what what, what you doing what, what you doing I, yeah, there <laughs> I, I, get your, I get your theory for sure uh you know, if you asked me two years ago, which one of the big three would be the last remaining Cav, mm-hmm. Love would be last on that list. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think he's getting paid 30 or $31 million next year, so I, I don't think he's too emotionally hurt about it. Yeah, uh, no, but for no, sure. I, for sure. I get he's, your theory, definitely. He, I mean, he, he kind of got a raw deal here, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's well paid. And another thing is, you know, while it was going on, 
Who was the one who got blamed for all the problems? Oh, yeah. Kevin Kevin Love just isn't enough. He's he's not good enough. He's not that that third superstar. He, he Kevin Love took a lot of blame and he he got the shaft. That, and that's that's why I make that reference. And uh that's uh general manager LeBron James for you, you know. He he pushed yeah. for the trade. It, it wasn't working at first and you know, you started hearing those rumors and mm-hmm. you know, who's got the biggest camp uh mouthpiece in the game is Rich Paul. You know, mm-hmm. that's where Anthony Davis's uh, trade request has come from. And, you know, I mean, hey, if you're that great of a player and you have that much of an influence over f- multiple franchises, then, you know, hey, more power to you. For two different uh, trade options for you uh, for the Cavs. Okay. Uh, I had about four or five, but I feel like these two would be the most... Uh, franchise changing impacts that you know could steer the Cavs in the right direction Mm -hmm. um so the last week or two there's been a rumor going around that uh center mo bamba from the orlando magic is uh possibly on the trading block so i went through yeah and so i went through and looked and kind of matched up salary uh you know apparently orlando uh you know they're only a couple games out of the eighth seed they Mm -hmm. really want to make the playoffs so I thought a trade between or a trade of Jordan Clarkson and Ante Zizic mm-hmm. to the Magic for Mo Bamba, Jonathan Simmons, and a 2022 second rounder. Uh, you know, we lose Zizic, which would be the biggest loss there. But mm-hmm. getting Mo Bamba, who's got a lot of potential, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shot blocking machine can stretch the floor, would be a great addition. Uh, I really mm-hmm. wanted him in the draft instead of Sexton, but obviously he did not fall to us. Right. Uh, Simmons, you know, is just to make the money work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, keep adding on draft picks, definitely. And Bamba is kind of comparable to Zizic, maybe just a little more athletic. They're both more just athletic. Really, really tall, lengthy guys. Yep. More athletic. He's a better shot blocker mm-hmm. and a better, uh, you know, outside shot. But Zizic is a little bit tougher, a little bit thicker. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you'll, we'll definitely see. Uh, the big blockbuster trade that I have, and I was teasing this uh, a little bit before we started the show. Mm-hmm. So I have a three-team deal with the Lakers and the Pelicans. Hmm. Okay. So I have Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. Channing Frye, and David and Waba going to the Lakers. Okay. I have Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Ivica Zubak, Josh Hart, J.R. Smith, the Lakers' 2019 lottery-protected first-rounder, mm-hmm. and the 2021st unprotected first-rounder, Going to the Pelicans. And I have the Cavs getting Contavious Caldwell Pope, mm-hmm. the Pelicans 2020 second rounder, and your favorite point guard and my favorite point guard, Alonzo Ball. All right. Bring him so, home to hang out with his bro. Exactly. That was a little bit of sarcasm for the whole favorite point guard. But, yeah. I, you know, taking LeVar's crazy ass out of it, I, I, I think Alonzo is a pretty, pretty good player. He's got some good potential. He can play off the ball as a number two on defense, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, him and Sexton would be a really nice younger potential two guard spot or mm-hmm. a two, yeah, two guard area. Uh, you know, ball is pretty good on defense. Mm-hmm. He's got more size than Sexton, and you know, I, I think this would be a great place for him to get un, kind of under or out of the microscope and kind of just grows a player and like you said already he's close to his brother yeah you know in ohio and i i think that'd be actually a pretty nice spot for him yeah then all they need is uh what's what's the middle brother leangelo 
Leandro, yeah. Yeah, he just needs to go play for the uh, Canton Charge and that the whole ball family can just move to Ohio. As long as he's not stealing anything from uh, some (laughs) Chinese, uh, you know, shops, I think he'll be all right. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, moving on, uh, I got a couple games of the week from the NBA coming up here. Okay. Uh, Tuesday, we have the Raptors and the Sixers, uh, you know, two of the three or four best teams in the East Mm -hmm. going head-to-head. Uh, the Spurs and Blazers on Thursday night. Uh, that's going to be a great game as well as two uh, playoff teams. Mm-hmm. And then some uh, two different conferences going at it on Friday night. we got the Nuggets and the 76ers going head-to-head. Uh, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic and Embiid battling. That's always going to be a fun time. Yeah. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also on Saturday night we have UFC 234. The co-main event is Anderson Silva versus Israel Adesanya. Uh Adesanya is basically a younger version of Anderson Silva. I so can't, I can't believe Silva's still fighting. Yeah, especially he, as, oh, after that leg injury. Yeah, ooh. right. Yeah, he's older, but he's he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. So as long as he absolutely. wants to fight, they're going to let him fight. Sure. And Adesanya used to praise him when mm-hmm. he was younger, but you know, your heroes turn into foes eventually in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got uh, the middleweight championship as the main event. You have Robert Whittaker uh, versus Kelvin Gastelum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Whittaker has been in some massive, massive brawls the last couple of fights uh, against Yoel Romero. Yeah. So I'm going to go with an upset. I'm going to go with uh, Kelvin Gastelum actually beating Bob Whittaker. I think that's going to be okay. a great fight. Um, you know, two guys definitely deserving to be in the spotlight and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. Some UFC action too. Oh yeah. How about that? Yeah. Love some fighting for sure. So I think to wrap it up, I, I'm going to finally unleash my hot take of the, the podcast here. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. Fire. Oh, fire. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. It's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? All right. Let's hear it. I'm going to say that point guard Ja Morant from Murray State is the best prospect in college basketball right now. Not not one of the Duke guys, huh? No, and here's why. I I love Zion. I love R.J. Barrett. I think they're both very, very good at what they do best. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think Ja Morant is the total package. He has improved his free throw and three-pointing percentage throughout the year. Uh, I mean... He's scoring in the 20s right now. He's got double digits of assists for Murray State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays great defense. He's a little bit on the skinny side. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only about a buck seventy. But you know, I think just a, he, he reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook coming out of college. If you took Westbrook from UCLA and put him on a Murray State, I think they would be almost identical. <laughs> in terms of statistics and you know whatnot, yeah, I, I just think Morant is going to be the complete package. Uh, if the Cavs do get fortunate enough to get the first overall pick, mm-hmm. I really I think they will end up picking Zion, but mm-hmm. I would look very very hard at taking John Morant and moving Colin Sexton to either a six man role mm-hmm. or figuring out a way to play both of them at the same time. Yeah, I like uh, I like Zion a lot, um, but I think you know the only question is this. If he's coming into the league with a steady jumper, if he's going to yep. be able to consistently knock down jump shots, and right. if if that's a question that can be answered um, in a good way, then I think you know he's obviously going to be really, really good. But no, it sounds like uh, John Morant is yeah. You, 
you like to have them complete players. You like somebody who can do a little bit of everything, and if, if that's what he brings to the table and he can do that at the NBA level, then I think it's a very uh, very valid take. Exactly, yeah. I, I, you know what? We'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, these guys have not even stepped foot on the NBA court, but just in a pure projection standpoint, I really think that John Morant has a great case to be the best player from this class. So my hot take uh, for this episode is that Kyrie Irving is going to the Lakers next year to join LeBron and Anthony Davis, who will soon be traded to said Lakers. And uh, they will pitch in to send Kevin Love a fruit basket. Oh, okay. Wow. So do you have any reasoning as to why you think that is? Or just the the rumors have been going around just, lately? Yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay. Um, you know, the, it it it's proven to be real. Sometimes not everything that pops up on your phone and everything that you read, you know, comes to fruition or is true. But I can totally see it. Um, the Knicks, you know, that that's one of the other like big destinations that Kyrie has expressed interest in. But there's nothing to go to there now. So if he leaves Boston, his options are really slim. And I think the Lakers are absolutely an option he's got he's got to think of and you know there's everyone is talking about how they've kind of made up and whatnot so i'm starting to see it as a very realistic possibility Hmm, okay well the knicks you know they will have two supermax slots open so if you know durant or somebody big like that decides Mm -hmm. to get in new york and Kyrie can play second fiddle Mm -hmm. i definitely see him uh looking at new york but my only problem with that is you you don't see teams go from nothing to signing the three, you know, two or three superstars in one season. Usually, it starts with a, you know, one guy that is kind of young and developed. And you're like, okay, we think we're close. We're gonna bring these, you know, work our money around and to bring in the big, the heavy hitters, you know. And they kind of, I feel like they got, you know, the Knicks got rid of that when they traded Chris Asporzingis away. Yeah, and on the other side, though, how often have teams had two super max slots available? You know, a lot of teams have not had that luxury. Yeah. So, but we'll see. I mean, the Knicks have, you know, been rumored to get big free agent time and time again, only to end up with the sure. fourth best, the fifth best, the sixth best free agent. So, sure. you never know. And that is our hot takes. If you stuck with us till the end here, we want to thank you for your time. We will be back next week with a new episode. Follow us on Twitter at Cardi Akron Kids. We will probably be doing a Facebook page soon. Uh, we are going to work on getting the show up on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere we can post it. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.